0: Too fast to prepare for this. Tripping in the world could be dangerous. Everybody circling is vulturous. Negative, nepotist. Everybody waiting for the fall of man. Everybody praying for the end of times. Everybody hoping they could be the one. I was born to run. I was born for this. I quit. I quit. Run, run, run me like a race, Pull
1: me like a rip. Could break me down and build me up. I wanna be the slip, slip out the right side your lip. jolly
2: race!
1: all right all right all right all right welcome back to another episode of heart of the order brought to you by thoughts from com. my name is greg mcafee i'm hitting in the three hole and i'm here with co-host greg malik hitting the four hole and dre fry injured dre fry hitting in the five hole boys dre first of all how's your back doing man
0: it it hurts i uh finally couldn't carry the team any longer guys i uh you know, I put the team on my back for so long, and, I'll, you know, it just gives out. I, uh, I'm doing all right. I'm standing up straight. But it got to a point where I was literally walking, looking, standing like Quasimodo uh, from the Hunchback
2: of Notre Dame. It was, I mean, Dre, it that's was an bad. improvement. that's an improvement in my opinion. I mean, I don't know what Mac's saying on this, but, hell, <laughs> might as well just keep going with that if you're – Thanks, Mac. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, well, I have you. Uh, not the, you know, not the sway off topic here. But I was having a nice conversation with our fearless leader, uh, Derek, regarding no, the Lakers. No,
2: no, no, no. Don't. He... No, no, no. Nope. We're not doing this on heart of the Order. Wait till tomorrow on two beers deep.
0: Well, he wanted me to ask you specifically, and he said if I didn't, I would be fired.
1: How many times have you been fired now?
0: Oh, I, I get fired at least once a week. <laughs> So anyways, Malik, he wanted me to ask you, and he's, he said he's going to ask you again tomorrow. He wants to hear your answer.
2: He wants to know who you think is going to win a Cy Young. Uh, my answer is still going to be uh, Hyunjin Ryu for now until I'm proven otherwise.
0: All And I like it. I like it a lot. So, Derek, mm-hmm. that one's for you. Shout out to the Fierce Leader. Just had to get it off the chest for him. Don't shoot the messenger.
1: Is there a backstory behind why you just asked that, or am I just going to have to watch Two Beers Deep tomorrow?
2: About the Cy Young thing? No, it's just that's something that he always asks for some reason, just because Derek, you know, he's a huge, massive baseball guy. Yeah, huge, massive, massive,
1: massive baseball guy.
0: I thought you were making a back pun there because of my whole back issue. (laughs) a backstory.
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's always interesting to hear our thoughts from the bench, guys. Um, so just like always, we're gonna start off this week's episode with our favorite moments from the past week. And as we all know, we all love baseball. Dre Malik, I'm gonna take this opportunity to go first, if that's all right with you. You never
0: go first. Like, I know. By all means, I know. Leader, and out. you were
1: struggling to pick something yeah, I, too I, before well, I, it. So I had I had a great idea come to me. Um, a great moment actually over the past weekend that I just like overlooked. Uh so this past weekend I got to go to Chicago to see my brother, my sister in law, and my dad, and I got to go to the Great Wrigley Field. First time I've ever been um, to Wrigley. First dude, time ever amazing. been to Wrigley. First time I've ever been to the the, the bars around Wrigley and experienced game day there. And it's Wrigleyville is
2: awesome, man.
1: It's it's something that you know. So I've been to Fenway and I loved Fenway, like Yaki Way, all that. Uh, walking around the stadium, but I I went there when I was in high school. I wasn't able to drink and all that stuff, so I got to go to Wrigley Field and go to all the bars and stuff like that, and it was just a -a one-of-a-kind experience, and then I got to go inside the stadium. We sat in the right field um, in this new section in right field, uh, section 232, and it's kind of like in the right corner Um, you have, it's beyond the, the covered seats and everything like that. It was, so it was great. We were right in the sun, you know, I got a little sunburn, got a little tan. It was nice, but I also got to see Javi Baez hit a home run to opposite field. I got to see Cole Hamels throw. I think it was, I think it was seven innings of like three hit baseball. It was a great day. And there's nothing better than a day at the ballpark, especially at Wrigley Field. So that's going to be my favorite moment of the week just being able to see the Cubs take on the Cardinals and experience it in Wrigley Field for the first time ever. Yeah, that's a great old, game did you to go to? Did you have old style while you were there? I did I did, we didn't we all I did was drink. I didn't eat a piece of food while I was inside the stadium. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Bro, as long as you had old style, you're good. That's the full, <laughs> that's the full Wrigley experience, right yeah,
1: there. Yeah, all I did was, all I did was drink. I didn't eat any food inside the stadium. Um, and we we drank. I got there like it's. I got to Chicago like 6 a.m. on Friday, and mm-hmm. we met with my dad and his wife and all of his buddies from college at like 11, and we started drinking at 11 until. Like eight o'clock at night. I was absolutely just gone. Um, it was a fun time, though. I mean, Wrigley Field is definitely something I will never forget, and it's uh, kind of a one of a kind experience. But Fenway is still better than my book.
2: I'm a big believer that Fenway and Wrigley are like 1A and 1B when it comes to yeah. places that anyone who loves baseball needs to go to at least once in their life. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, yeah. I'm fortunate that I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate enough that I've been to both, so I'm, I'm kind of happy with that. So, uh, Dre, you're the next one online. line.
0: Yeah, because uh, I've only been to Fenway, and my experience there was awesome, and Wrigley's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. I don't know if it's next. It would have to be next, you would think so. Uh, and then another one I want to go check out, and obviously you got to kind of make a trip out of this, but uh, I want to go to Dodger Stadium as well. Chavez uh,
2: Ravine, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: I feel like that's number three in terms of the – the old school, you know, the baseball towns, the baseball venues that you have to go visit, and you have to hit at least, I'd say, two or three. Because again, us being in Western PA, it's kind of hard to go to LA. But if you have the opportunity, you can't pass that up. No. So no. Uh, I don't know when, but I, I plan on going to Fenway sometime, and we'll say before I die, just I ha- to be safe. I have on my I have on
1: my bucket list. I'm sure you guys have seen it before. But one of those trips where you hit like all, all thirty-two baseball stadiums in like one summer, like you make it like a road trip out of it, and you hit all like in the matter of like sixty days or something like that. Like you plan it out to where you can hit all thirty-two in one like summer. It's on my bucket list. Yeah,
0: that'd be awesome. That'd be a great way to like. I feel like it's something obviously you should do whenever you're, I guess retired, go out and travel yeah you'll be on the road i mean you're on the road like you said 60 days yeah uh but that that would be that would be absolutely incredible oh yeah
1: i've they, i think when i was younger like i can't remember how old i was i had to have been i was in middle school and they had a special on espn that they followed these two or these two guys like did it in a summer um hit all 32 game all 32 stadiums in 60 days or something like that and they like videotaped the whole thing and they the ESPN aired it or something like that. It was awesome, and that gave me the idea. And I want to plan it out one summer and do it. Um, but obviously, that will cost you. a lot of money, a lot of time. Um, so I'm going to have to pick the right summer to do it too. Who's got Who's got our next favorite moment of the week? Because I'm, uh, I'm I'll ramping. go next because right. I'm
2: pretty sure I'll go next. I'm pretty sure Dre's is going to kind of go long and very, very arduous, just as most of his rants go. <laughs> mine's very. Mine's very you know me. You know Mine's very well. simple and to the point. This past Sunday, I saw Rook Ned Odor steal home plate and probably one of the best home steals I have seen in a very long time. Didn't even break a sweat doing it. Came out of it just stomping to the dugout, looking like he owned the place. It was one of the funnest things I've ever seen. And he was so fast that he flew past home plate as he stole home. And that's something that you don't see too often. And I... I give him total credit for that. Especially because the Rangers are a surprise team this year and that is my moment of the week. Two two questions. Um, okay. relating relating
1: to this favorite moment of the week. Um, did you see Odor's style choice? earlier this week where he where he wore, <laughs> like, leggings and, like, I don't even know if his pants were rolled up or what they were, but they were, like, in yeah, the middle was, of his thigh. It was awesome. It, <laughs> it really was.
2: It was awesome. I give him a lot of credit
1: for that. I would not be surprised if that became a style. Second question, and I, we might have talked about this before, is the steal of home one of the most exciting plays in baseball?
2: Yes, because it's unexpected, and most times when the camera – is dead set on the pitcher and home plate all of a sudden you just see the crowd starting to rise up out of nowhere and the catcher starts to stand up and you see it coming as coming through the one side of the camera and without realizing it i would say it's one of the most exciting and because it's also rare too yeah very yeah i mean i remember remember
1: ellsbury used to do it when he was in boston like every so often it was awesome i loved seeing it it was great
0: another thing about it is that the announcers don't expect it and when it happens they're fully excited too and they get real into it so it really helps you know for the full experience because like you said it never really it doesn't happen it it doesn't happen at all if ever like i can't remember the last person actually stole home before O'Dor did it uh that's how rare it is and there's probably in between you could probably name five six no hitters you know like you know and no hitters hard to do but know again That just goes to show how rare it actually
1: is is it like not in my recent memory that i can remember But it is has, has anyone ever stole on a right hander like out of the stretch i know it happens to like right handers like in like full motion but i can't think of the last time if if anyone because it would be almost impossible if not like probably the hardest thing to do what's stealing on a right hander who's pitching out of the stretch
2: I'm sure it's uh, happened at least once in in the, in the history of the game, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah,
0: uh, the only person who really comes to my mind, and this is historically based, just off of you know, lefties probably didn't pitch back then. Yeah, uh, Jackie Robinson would be mm-hmm. the only person who came to my mind regarding that, because like like you said, right right-handers. I mean, for that to happen. They got to basically not be paying attention and then go into a full lineup and not like do the stretch at all. Yeah. You know, and because it's impossible. I mean, third base is right in their view. Yeah. But uh, just based off, I guess, just the historical purposes of how many lefties actually were pitching back when Robinson was playing, that's the only time I could think of it. And the only other person outside of Robinson, maybe, and this is a maybe, talking like shot in the dark, like, i'm just going off the numbers is ricky henderson
1: yeah he was another guy that came to mind
0: uh but i know rob rob robinson seems to be the most accurate out of that just because again uh no lefties back then
1: yeah i mean it all just depends on the situation pretty much and as long as you have the speed you're more than likely able to do it but it's like you guys said it's fun to see it's awesome um and when odor did it i saw i saw the replay of it It was pretty he was hyped he was he was definitely hyped up
0: (laughs) yeah and that was like a day or two after he introduced new baseball
1: swag yeah (laughs) new baseball swag hashtag new baseball swag (laughs) um dre what do you got for us man
0: oh man guys let me tell you i i was so excited for this (laughs) uh so my my favorite and is probably america's favorite moment of the week Yes, I'm speaking for the entire country.
1: The entire country?
0: Yes. It was very
2: captivating. I'll give you that. So,
0: as you guys know, I have, I might have stated a couple times on this, on the pod. I know I've definitely stated my hatred in Two Beers Deep for Madison Baumgartner. I, I don't like the guy. I don't like the guy at all. I, you know, he, he was good at one time, and he's not good anymore. He hasn't be, he hasn't been good for the past three years since that, you know, since he kind of came off that epic World Series run in 2014. The decline is real. Uh, he's most likely going to get traded, but he still carries himself like he's the best pitcher in baseball. And the worst part about it is he's up in your face about it, and it's old school, old old time written roles. And it's like, my guy, you're 30 years old. The old the, The old unwritten rules, they stink anyways. You know, that's why they're not written down. So, it's Giants-Dodgers, and that's already a heated rivalry, and that's a lot of where you see the douchiness of Madison Bumgarner come out in that series, again, because it's Giants-Dodgers, very heated. So, Max Muncy steps in the box, and he absolutely crushes one into McCovey Cove. And as soon as he hit it, he knew it was gone. He drops his bat, took like three steps, and slowly tried the first, and Madison runner, of course, takes offense to this. He steps off the mound, and he looks at him, and he screams at him, and he's like, hey, don't watch the ball, just run. Like, you hit a homer, like, you got me, like, you, you don't need to show me up. And it's like, dude, you know, you, it was a bomb. It was a 425-foot bomb in the McCovey Cove, and as Muncy's rounding the bases, he says something to Bumgarner, and it came out after the game that he said this, and this is by far the greatest greatest in-game baseball court I've ever heard ever. He tells Bumgarner, he says, if you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. <laughs> Mike dropped to the fullest. <laughs> that was absolutely incredible. He's a legend for that in Again, I'm speaking for America, because I know a lot of people don't like Madison Baumgartner. Again, was good at one time, and if he was still good, then maybe you can carry yourself the way you do. But, like, my man, lighten up a little bit. Like, who cares if he hit a homer? It was a solo shot. It was, again, 430 feet. Like, shut up. (laughs) Go to the (laughs) next pitch. Max Muncie mic dropping for america i mean loved it absolutely (laughs) loved it favorite moment of the year
1: i mean i'd be pissed if someone just had a ball into the ocean off me too i'd be pretty pissed Um, yeah
0: but like you don't serve (laughs) it up on a t-form true very true you already have the advantage lefty on lefty like you put it on a t-form 90 miles an hour down the pipe of course he's gonna turn on it and just absolutely launch it
1: All right, so I do do have one question, and the only reason I'm asking it is because I saw it on Twitter um, earlier this week around the time that this happened, after the time that this happened. (laughs) Do you think Max Muncy really said that when he was running the bases, or do you think he, like, came up with it after the game and said it during the interview?
2: (laughs) I would not be surprised if he did it out – as the interview, just because he, there's no way someone could be that quick witted. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> like I don't. That, that's what the argument was. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I have to agree with that. Uh, you know, this happened in what I mean, this happened in the first inning. Yeah. Like Something like that. Yeah. The top of the first inning, like this, it was a one nothing game. So, like, you have eight other innings, you know, plus real time, probably three and a half hours to come up with, a, you know, come up with something witty as to why or what he said to Baumgartner. that's the best thing you came up with that's hilarious
1: it was it was when i heard it i was like oh my god (laughs) that's (laughs) like the best that's great (laughs) that's the ultimate clap back oh go get it out of the ocean bro
0: and then i won't watch it
1: What if we saw like after the game Bumgarner like paddling a kayak out there with the net and trying to find the ball? I would never talk I would never talk
0: about Madison Bumgarner ever again. If he like grabbed it and like handed the month he's like, don't ever watch another home run.
1: I don't think that would ever happen, but I'm just like trying to imagine like Madison Bumgarner in a kayak. <laughs> because it's just oh, it's man. just one of those moments that would be like funny to actually see
0: <laughs> yes
1: um but yeah i mean he's he's got to be i think he's past his prime all that i don't know he's he's not the he's not the guy he once was since he fell off what um, was it a four-wheeler or a dirt bike a couple years ago four-wheeler four-wheeler uh,
0: yeah he definitely has been the same and that was one of the few selfish things that he's ever done in his life with his team on the giants to just you know like i don't care about any view i don't care i'm just gonna do what i want and then look what happened like dude you're in the middle of the season you shouldn't be riding quads yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy take it from someone like me who rode a quad and then completely just lost an entire season of sports
1: no that's not fun
0: it's not fun just don't do it kids don't do it
1: <laughs> don't do not ride Dirt bikes. In <laughs> season. In season. In season. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't do it. All right, that that was the favorite moment of the week segment, guys. Um good moments, funny moments, good baseball, bad baseball, um funny quotes. It's all it's all g- fun and fun here on The Heart of the Order podcast. But now I want to get into something that is a little more disappointing. A little more like why would someone do this? But Earlier this or er, this weekend, Sunday night, David Ortiz, Big Papi, Boston Icon, Red Sox legend, World Series hero, Senor Octubre.
2: <laughs> Any more nicknames that I can't think of, guys? I don't know. I feel like you're the one that would probably know more of them. You're the Boston fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
1: I ran out of them. But uh, David Ortiz was shot in the Dominican Republic, point blank, in the back, and I don't really know what to think about this situation. Um, I saw it on Sunday night before I got on my plane on my way back to on my way back to Pittsburgh, and I saw a tweet when like like I was like going one more scroll through Twitter as you know the captain or the pilot was saying you know turn on your airplane mode blah blah blah, whatever. Scrolling one, I saw it. And I was like, no way, that can't be real. That can't because it wasn't like a it wasn't like a well known account. It was some random account. I'm like, no way. And we land in Pittsburgh, I scroll through my Twitter, blown up, ESPN, Barstool Sports, CB, CBS Sports, all sorts of that, David Ortiz has been shot, point blank in the back, and a robbery attempt. And I'm like, who in the their right mind would shoot David Ortiz, would try to rob David Ortiz in the Dominican Republic, where he's basically treated like a god? And then, have you guys seen the video yet?
0: Uh, the video of
1: David Ortiz. Getting shot. Alleged... Yeah.
0: I haven't seen the video of him getting shot. I saw it and I got scared and I didn't want to watch it. Cause that kind of stuff really freaks me out. It's all too real. Yeah. You know, I feel see you, stuff though. like that in movies, but like in your mind, you know, it's fake. But when you see something that, like that in real life, it really kind of, uh, for greater or lesser of a term, I guess it's coming to my mind. It kind of humbles you. Like yeah. the, that's real like that and
1: that could happen to anybody yeah it's i mean it's great like i i delayed putting i like i delayed watching the the video until like probably late monday night like i didn't want to see it i didn't want to watch it and then i watched it this guy walks up to david ortiz he's probably like five feet from him and shoots him in the back and then it comes out so david ortiz the Red Sox um their airplane to pick up david ortiz in the dominican republic after he goes through surgery in the dominican republic flies him back getting all this support from people all over the country especially in boston goes through a second surgery he's walk. reports come out today that he's walking um he was supposed to deliver a message a video message to the bruins for game seven um malik what's the score game update
2: uh, they're down three nothing. So Damn. whatever message they send it, it's not it working. Did not work. <laughs> it um, didn't work at all. And then
1: now reports are coming out that this guy was offered seven point seven
2: thousand eight hundred dollars to shoot David American Ortiz. Dollars.
1: American dollars. Yes. Yeah.
2: Apparently it was like four hundred thousand pesos or something. Yeah. So yeah. Why in God's
1: name would you shoot David Ortiz for seventy eight hundred dollars? Yeah, that's crazy. That is well, not the story- to shoot an icon.
2: Well, the backstory is that apparently the dude's a hitman for like a mobster, and the mobster apparently thought that David Ortiz was fooling around with the mobster's wife or something.
1: I did read that, but it was on like one of those Snapchat story things, where like like, you don't know if it's actually real "Ah, or not. "Ah, Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, (laughs) it
2: doesn't. I mean, like, why else would um, why else would a hitman try to shoot him? Though, to be fair, like, just saying. I know no it, um, I,
1: it makes complete sense but at first I was like I don't know if I can really believe this but as the ESPN stories are coming out it makes more and more sense that there uh-huh. was like there's like a team of like six dudes or something like that that were like yeah. in uh, part of the scheme and then the guy that ended up getting caught or like on the motorcycle Or whatever did you see the video of him like he's beat to all sorts of hell his face uh-huh. is all fucked up
0: Yeah there was a video of him being surrounded by people Who were there? And uh, again, the alleged shooter, where everyone was just teeing off on this guy, just sitting down up against the wall. Like you saw punches and boots. Like it was brutal. It was a brutal situation, but those people understood that. Like, what are you doing, shooting a national icon? Like he's a he's a he's a god in the Dominican Republic. And you know, it's not just for it's not just for like the baseball players of the dominican like who idolize him like he is an actual national icon in that country like for you to go for you mr H- and to go after him like you know what what are you doing like of course you're going to cause outrage like that's that's just, it, the whole situation is just wild to me and obviously there's going to be more facts that come out about this
1: oh absolutely talk about the, yeah
0: talk about like you know the mobster drug lord uh whoever it was to uh you know put this hit on him like and again hundred fifty thousand pesos paces or whatever the number was that seems like a lot but again when you translate it into american dollars it's not a lot at all like you would think that you would try to get again at least if this is me if this is me gonna go out and try to put a hit on somebody like I'm not doing it for. I'm definitely not doing it for 7,800 American dollars. Because once I do it, I'm fleeing the country. Like I'm going I'm to, going to hiding for
1: the rest of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like I'm setting myself up, and I'm going to the states. Oh, by the way, not to interrupt cause I you. I know you asked earlier. The Blues just scored a fourth goal. Oh,
1: Blues are going to take home their first Stanley Cup in the history of their. Ooh.
0: Yeah. Not to not to get uh, not to you know shy away from the poppy thing, but I felt that was worth mentioning because of the whole. You know, that was mentioned earlier. But, yeah, like, it's it's a wild situation. And the other thing, I guess, it really kind of, you know, takes me back. You know, kind of like, well, like, he got shot, like, in the back. Like, oh, yeah. that's another thing I guess that's fishy to me. Like, if you're going to put a hit on somebody, like, you would think that, like, the shot, you wouldn't shoot someone in the back. I feel like you'd shoot them in more the head area It's lethal. Especially
1: like, when, so- like, he- there was no, like, he was literally just walked up and was standing there. Like, yeah. Could have, like, like, literally probably could have walked back, like, walked right up to him and stuck the gun to his head if he wanted to. But I don't even want to envision that because I can't imagine, I can't even imagine a world without Big Poppy.
0: <laughs> yeah, me neither. I was kind of, uh, you know, I'm not the craziest Red Sox fan, but uh, that stuff he did, uh, you know, he was extremely real with the whole Boston marathon bombing she yeah. took the mic and that speech he gave was absolutely incredible like it got me real hyped like it got
1: me ready to you know, run, run, me... For a, run through a wall i was ready to run yeah wall. Well, I, it went to anyone honestly <laughs> like i rewatched you know, it today when i was writing my article and i like i think i replayed it like 4 or 5 times
0: <laughs> he was at the forefront of that though mm-hmm. guys and like it, you know for me it's like you would expect maybe someone of you know american descent to kind of be that person on the forefront like this is our city but then when poppy did it it was awesome because you know it was like hey like i know i'm not from here but this is my home this is my city i'm as much as part of boston as you guys are and i felt this you know so him being the face of the red sox like we all stand together like that was that was absolutely incredible yeah and you know from that moment on i've always respected poppy no matter what and for this to happen when I saw that I was I, I couldn't believe it. You know, I'm glad he's pulling, I'm glad that, you know, he's in stable condition now and things like that. Uh, I do want to see the other details, but yeah, it's just it was tragic. Tragic.
1: Yeah. I mean he's that I mean that moment that you're referring to, Dre, is probably one of my favorite moments of all time, especially in sports history. I mean, even though it was just the beginning of the game, it didn't even have anything to do with the game. But it you know, it was one of those one of the most iconic moments I think in like Boston sports history I would I would put it up there
0: Yeah, sure. and I, I can't argue a better Boston moment uh, a better moment for Boston sports uh, No matter what happens or what will happen uh, From that moment on and again, he was extremely He was extremely real and raw down to earth and it's like You know sometimes put these athletes on giant pedestals you know that they're like bigger they're just bigger than you know us but he was very he was able to humanize with us and say hey like you know this ain't it like this is our city you yeah. know it, it was awesome iconic
1: definitely, definitely all right but that's enough of talking about people getting shot david ortiz hopefully you get better um, you know recover well but we can get into the rest of the things we want to talk about. Um, so first up, Dre has some feelings he wants to share about the umps throughout the course of this week. And he's, i suck. I was going to be straight up. They freaking suck. <laughs> I'm
0: sitting here. Okay. Pirates fan. I'm sitting here watching this pirates game and bouncing <laughs> gets clipped by pitch. And you know, he's upset, obviously, but he honestly makes this motion like he's gonna charge the mountain. And Joe Musgrove, you know, pitcher. If you've ever seen Joe Musgrove, like he's a big dude. He's six five, he's like two forty. He doesn't even look like you know, he doesn't even look like he could be a pitcher. He looks like he'd be a defensive end or a linebacker in the NFL. Like he's huge. He's just a yoke guy. And you know, he's not gonna take no craps and when he comes out, when Donaldson steps up the line, like you know, something's going to go down. Of course, baseball fights, there's no punches thrown. But they both got tossed. And the reasoning Musgrove got tossed is so freaking stupid, it's not even funny. He tossed him, He tossed Musgrove because of Musgrove took off his hat and his glove. So dumb. And that's dumb. That is completely dumb. Like, what is he supposed to do, leave it on? Like, what if Donaldson actually takes a swing at him? Like, you going to swing at somebody without a glove. But he got tossed for that. And then there's the bed attendee situation where he got tossed because he said something about a strike call that was a was called a, or a ball that was called a strike, and the next pitch he hits a ground out, you know, and he's walking up the line and he said something about the call and the first base ump throws him out.
1: He would, it's hey, like what he the would, hell, yeah. He like he he didn't even say it in the direction of like either umpire either. It was like he was like looking completely. He was like facing down the line, like looking into the crowd, and he said it. Yeah, and you know it was obviously loud enough that the first base I'm to the
0: fence, but he wasn't even talking about you, bro. Right? Like, Fucking what the ridiculous. hell? Fucking ridiculous! It is ridiculous, and it's just one. It's just two of the moments right there that happened this week, and it's just been it's been so bad all year. Like, those are just guys getting thrown out. We're not even talking about the balls and strikes calls, which are extremely worse.
1: Yeah, and... it's been it's been
0: bad this year, guys. The umpiring.
1: Yeah. And in in both situations, and Malik, I want to get your opinion on this. In both situations, Alex Cora got tossed defending Ben and then Clint Hurdle got tossed defending Musgrove. Is that something that needs to happen in that situation?
2: No, but it's the ump's discretion at that point because when you start seeing – a player Ooh. that essentially will go will go off like that, and then the manager immediately comes to their defense and starts getting animated along. Point with that, it, it's it's natural that the umps are going to essentially start to start the process of tossing them. Yeah, just because you can't have a man if a manager is hot-headed like that, which they have every right to be, mm-hmm. then shit's gonna happen. It's just kind of natural at that point. I mean,
1: like I mean, in the way of like the 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 manager coming to the defense of his player, I guess that way, like, like, is that necessary in that situation? Like the, the, like if, would you get more, I guess, would you have more respect for a manager who does it, that does that, or sits back and doesn't really do anything and keeps a cool head?
2: No, I'd have more respect for a manager who comes to the aid. I mean, I think now, especially in the game of baseball where, the natural progression we've been seeing lately is kind of like a a lot of clubs are leaning more towards rookie managers to start off with, with like the experienced bench coach. Mm -hmm. Most of these rookie managers, these are younger guys who just recently ended their playing days. So they're going to have a much more, you know, they're going to have a little bit more of an emotional investment into the game because they're still, they were a part of it recently. They're still in that same mindset. So it's something where, I give managers a ton of credit for it because you could say as much as you want about this managers in baseball are probably one of I'd say of the big four probably the most useless. Yeah. And then I and I mean that wholeheartedly until because there the are a lot of managers until the playoffs. Yeah, until the playoffs. <laughs> until the playoffs, yes. There are a lot of there's a lot of good managers that you can respect and all that but I mean in the grand scheme of things managers don't managers don't mean shit in baseball. They really don't. So if you can show some sort of heart and passion along the ways, then I give you much more respect for it. For sure, for sure. All right, and into
1: our last topic of the evening. And before I get started, I just want to give you guys a... Because last week on this podcast, we I asked both of you where Ked Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel would be signing, and I, I believe you both got Kimbrell right. I can't remember who you guessed for Keuchel. Did you guys get Keuchel right?
0: We did. I didn't get Keuchel right, but uh, me and Malik definitely got uh, Kimball right when we both said that he was going to go to the Chicago Cubs.
2: Just made sense. I I think for Keuchel, I I feel I feel like I I remember
1: I feel like I remember one of you guys saying the Braves. I think it was you, Malik. I said the Twins.
2: You did. That was a surprise one. Maybe that's, I, I do
1: maybe remember maybe that's that. the one I'm thinking of. I can't remember. That.
0: I, I said the twins. I thought it was going to happen. I was fully convinced, just based off where they're at, that you know that would have made the most sense.
1: So, mm. so, so, just to keep our listeners informed, Dallas Keuchel signed a one-year, thirteen million-dollar deal with the Atlanta Braves, basically setting him up to pitch uh, pretty much half a season this year and then re-entering the free agent class next year. And then Craig Kimbrell signed a three-year, $41 million deal with Chicago Cubs, basically securing the closer role for the Cubs over the next three seasons. Guys, who's going to have the bigger impact as this season carries on in the halfway point in years?
2: Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm never a fan of giving a – I'm never a fan of giving a relief pitcher a multi-year contract. Yeah, I I really am not, just because I feel like relief pitchers—they have a short shelf life. Yeah. Before you
0: before you continue, I just want to say,
2: I am a fan of it,
0: but not at high dollars.
2: Okay, that that's fair. That that that's fair. I will. I'll, I'll let you that know. but i mean like most low dollar ones are guys that are gonna have controllable years still with them not guys that you're giving six-year contracts to yeah exactly so with saying. You yeah for, i agree
0: with you for the most part uh yeah. but it's all about the price tag
2: for me right so like i so like at most i would give a two-year contract to a relief pitcher going over that i feel like it's kind of insane because relief pitchers like i said they do have a short shelf-life um and they're one they're very streaky too it's like they have such a massive impact on the game. And I'm also going to say that too. Save is the most overrated stat in all of baseball. I mean, scream <laughs> it. Scream it, it, is the it most louder. Overrated stat in all of baseball. It is one inning work, and you are held to such a high standard because of it. Give me a fucking break. It is That's
0: why I hate Clint Hurdle. He'd rather play for the save instead of play for the win. Yeah, it's, so. it's
2: a bunch of bullshit. But. I think, honestly, I think in terms of, I think long-term impact just because of the longevity, Kimbrel's going to have a bigger impact, especially because they've needed bullpen help in that Cubs rotation for a while. Mm -hmm. But Teichel is a much-needed improvement for the Braves rotation because we've talked about this in the pre-show. Gausman and Fultonovich have been really, really poor this year so far. Uh, I think uh, Galsman had a ERA coming into their game two days ago and like 6.6 6 at one point and Fulton and had like a 5.5 5 ERA at 1.2. So they're still they're both struggling. The Braves have a very, very deep um, system with arms to spare. So one year of Keuchel uh, is I think a good bridge to not have to waste a lot of the younger arms that they have right there. So I think it's a good option for them. And, The Braves are in the thick of things right now in the NL East. They're tied up there with the Phillies, so I think they'll at least get a wild card at this point. So looking at it, I think Keiko will definitely be a strong contender to have for them in their playoff push, and then he can probably try to go back into the market next year, but if he's held to draft the competition again, we might be seeing the same thing that happened again last year because this proved it right here. Teams are not willing to give up much needed draft pick compensation for guys. And especially because if you can still sign someone maybe just as effective without that first two months, teams are going to start doing it more. Definitely.
1: Definitely. It's a good analysis right there. Um Yeah. Love that. Love that. It was great. Good job, Malik. I like it. Thank I like you. Thank it. you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Always coming <laughs> in the clutch. Always coming in the clutch. Um There, yeah, is, there is one more question that I want to ask you guys or topic that I want to talk about that I just scrolled apart. Just scrolled across. On Monday, Arizona Diamondbacks, Philadelphia Phillies squaring off in Philly. Final score of 13-8. to eight. 13 home runs altogether. Hit throughout Launch the game. Launch
2: angle revolution, man. Launch <laughs> angle revolution. <laughs> is, is this
1: becoming a problem in baseball, guys, all these home runs being hit? I mean, this season, we've already had one of the – a month with the highest home runs ever hit in a month. Um, is this becoming a problem?
2: No, I, I, I think I. Well, wait, wait. Let me just say this. I think the thing with baseball is like there's there's. It's always a game of you know. It, it's like it's like a the flow essentially. Like mm-hmm. like at one point at one point like when Moneyball became a thing, like on base percentage and slugging percentage became a thing. Then, uh, you know the, then the idea of pitchers throwing exclusively for ground balls to try to keep them in longer for games. Then it was opener concept and now it's the launch angle i i think it, baseball is a game of ebb and flows that it's going to be one of those things where it, it's fun right now but there's going to be a way to try to counteract it eventually so i don't think it's bad for the game i mean i think within the next two years someone's going to find a way to you know take advantage of these launch angles and try to not see it happen as much well you're already kind of seeing it though
0: if you think about uh what's happening on the pitcher side uh you know, it used to be power arms, you know, high fastballs, and now it's spin rate, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. you, you want guys with spin rate because you see a lot of these pitchers now going to, you know, their secondary stuff, their curveballs, their sliders, you know, change-up. Right. The change passers were ahead
2: of the curve on that, yeah.
0: They, they definitely were, you know. When you have that concept in your pitching along with the launch angle concept of hitting, you have an instant contender. That's why you see the guys like – that's why you see the teams like the Astros who are absolutely just t- tearing the cover off the ball. You know, that's why you see the Yankees right now just being absolutely dominant because of how they are in terms of their home runs. Like, I love – first off, I love the home run. Uh, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, I don't think it's a problem in baseball at all, at all. In fact, I think it makes baseball much more exciting because home runs – who doesn't love a home run? It's instant offense. You know, you want more home runs. For me, though, where it sucks, I guess, is when you're, when you have a team that's behind in the times. You know, you want guys with ball and jangle. You want guys to, you know, put balls over the fence because, again, if you're a team that struggles to score runs, like, you need that. And it's kind of tough, I guess, considering that, like, half your games are played in the stadium. Like, if you are the Detroit Tigers, like, yeah, you want guys who hit home runs, but like even then, it's like you, your your dimensions of your field are so ridiculous. Like it's going to be extremely tough to hit you know 420 foot bombs you know from right to left center field. You know it's it's hard. So when you have a team like that, like it's tough. But like a team like the Astros again, they're thriving off of it. Teams like the Cubs thriving off of it. Uh, you know, and the Yankees. Uh, you know, we can keep going on and on and on about how home run is beneficial. And just this year, uh, the team that's really benefited from it is the Minnesota Twins. Did not expect them to really kind of, you know, be where they are right now, staying atop the Central with an 11-game lead over the Indians. But they are doing it by scoring runs. They have a run difference right now of 113, and they're doing it with a long ball. Like, get on base, get on base, bang. one over the fence, instant offense, instant lead. Give your pitcher that cushion that he needs in order to go out there and pitch with confidence. You know, and pound the strike zone.
1: Definitely. I mean it's it's baseball's a lot of home runs, a lot of home runs. It's fun to see. I like seeing home runs. I like seeing the ball fly out of the park, but chicks love it chicks dig the long ball baby chicks dig the long ball (laughs) that's the one thing that's
0: the one thing that hasn't changed in baseball chicks live
1: chicks dig the long ball chicks dig the long ball all right on that note that's all we have time for tonight folks but we do have time for one more segment our favorite segment of the week the shameless plug segment dre malik who wants to start us off
2: I'll start Ray, you're off. in pain right now. Y'all let you go first. Yeah, I'll start us <laughs> off. Uh, uh,
0: uh, I'll let you do the obvious one. I'm gonna this one is a plea, it's a cry to anybody in the Los Angeles Lakers front office. If you're gonna get Anthony Davis, do not do not trade Brandon Ingram and Lonzo ball. Uh, unfortunately, with the Kim Duran injury, and that really sucks. Uh, you know, he just ruptured his Achilles. It kind of changed the landscape of free agency so you know that kind of opens up the door for guys now like kyrie bottom line is you don't need to sell all of your young assets to try and get anthony davis I understand his talent and everything like that but like and lebron james inevitably inevitably leaves you need something there and i think those two pieces can be ingram and monzo if you need one of them to go send them but don't send them both so my plea is to whoever in the Los Angeles Lakers front office is listening to Heart of the Order, which I imagine is probably
2: Genie Bus. All right. Dre, first of all, both of those guys are not enough to trade for Anthony Davis. I'm going to be that up front right there. So yeah. they're, I'm okay they're, with that.
1: They're going to need to offer a lot more.
2: They're going to need a lot more, yeah. They're going to need at least Kyle Kuzma in the fourth. I trade. I'll, I'm. I'm all for trading Kuzma. By the way, like, I like Kuzma. Dad, Kuzma. I don't. I don't want him
1: to trade Kuzma. I like Kuzma.
2: Yeah, Kuzma. I think Kuzma is going to be our... the
1: best of the three.
2: Yes, absolutely. I see. I don't see it like that. Oh God. Okay, we'll wait till tomorrow to we'll talk about that. You're right. blind. My plug. Yeah. <laughs> my shameless. My shameless plug. First of all. First of all, two beers deep. Playing tomorrow. We are not going to be at Scratch Food and Beverage. We had a. Uh, had an issue come up with uh, our uh, venue, but we will be doing our standard live show. That will be from Derek's uh, nice new apartment. And also another shameless plug to the new Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. First one in franchise history, won 4-1 in a Game 7 clincher. This was a fun series. Congratulations to St. Louis for Stanley Cup.
1: Congrats to the Blues. Congrats to the Blues.
2: Incredible. Incredible.
0: Especially because they were in last place, like, in February. Yeah. Yeah. Flying back.
1: Yeah. It's great. I mean, that's great to see a a franchise be able to do something like that. It's awesome to
0: see. Especially for St. Louis, considering they lost their football team. And the Blues just, you know, weren't given no hope until February. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. For my shameless plug, I'm going to go to the Oakland Raiders the home of hard knocks guys i can't tell you how excited i am for this season of hard knocks john gruden mr big Chest, Richie incognito fonte perfect like got how excited it's going to be so exciting to watch it's going to be so entertaining to see all of these characters in on tv on cameras behind the scenes i can't wait that's my shameless plug
0: yeah, I'm excited for that, too. As much as uh, as a Steelers fan, shocker, living in Pittsburgh. As a Steelers fan, as much as I hated the way A.B. went out, I'm excited to see him in a Raiders uniform on Hard Knocks. I think it's going to be very I'd be, entertaining. I'd be lying to myself and lying to everybody if I didn't say I'm very excited for this season of Hard Knocks.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, guys, that is all we have time for today on this episode of Heart of the Order brought to you by Thoughts from the Bench for more podcasts, articles, episodes. Visit thoughtsfromthebench.com and join us next time for episode 19. This was episode 18. Episode 19. Next week. Stay tuned. Be ready. Come back. Listen more. But until then, good night. You guys want to say night?
0: Go Blues. Peace.
1: Night, guys.